You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Weeping is an expression of pain, hurt, sorrow, grief, and so forth. When we weep is expressed verbally and audibly. You also can see on a person's face the anguish, the sorrow, and so forth that is being expressed because of what's going on on the inside. People weep. In reference to something that happened in the past, present, or the future. I want you to notice something that Solomon said in the book of Ecclesiastes. Book of Ecclesiastes, about three, three books over. Or two books over. Notice Ecclesiastes 3 and 4, just the first clause. He just simply says that there is a time to weep. There is a time to weep. Weeping has a limit. Weeping has a limit. Weeping has a limit. And when you cry all of the time about something that happened in the past, because weeping has a limit, you're out of order. You have gone past the time. You have people that something tragic happened, and since that time, they have not stopped weeping. They refuse to move on. Such a person, based upon the verse, is out of order. You have to understand that, that there comes a time to where you got to wipe away the tears 
and move on. David is the prime example. David was weeping, crying out, praying to God because his child was sick. He wouldn't eat. He just decided, I'm going to fast until a breakthrough happens or something takes place. And so he was fasting, he was praying, and, and, and he, he took a glimpse at his household and noticed that they were very quiet. But they wouldn't say anything. And so he just simply asked them the question, is the child dead? They said, yeah, the child is dead. And of course, David wondered why they just wouldn't, wouldn't tell him without him, him asking. And so when they said that, David did something that Theologians, counselors, and so forth really can't explain because it's a God thing. When they said, he, your child is dead, David immediately got up, went and took a bath, came back to his service and said, look, I want you to fix me something to eat. He began to eat, and he began to just move forward shortly after the demise of his child. And, and it was so puzzling to his, to his servants to where they questioned him. They said, what's going on with you, David? We, we just don't understand. Right. Say, when the child was sick, you were fasting, you were praying, you were weeping. Say, but now you're, you're, you're eating. <laughs> you took a bath and you even went to church. And so David just simply said to them, he said, while the child was yet alive, I thought, that if I fast, if I pray, that God would have mercy and allow the child to live. But that wasn't God's choice. And David understood that God was sovereign. He, he's in control. And so David said, well, since God decided to take the child, I can't bring the child back. But then he said something profound. He said, but I can go to the child. David released the child because he knew the child was in the best hands and the best place the child could be. He knew, he knew before Paul and John penned, blessed are they who died in the Lord, and to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. David knew then that it's a blessing when you die and go. So he let the child go. 
and he moved on with his, his life. He wept, but he knew weeping was limited. It had a set time, set period, set season. And once that season was done, it's time to move on. Sister, you wept because he did you wrong. You cried hard. You wouldn't eat. But the thing is, you're still weeping over it. It's time to move on now. It's time to move on. You can't get your better because you're allowing the weeping period to continue. You can't see what God desires you to see because you are allowing the weeping period to dictate to you what to think, say, and do. Look at somebody and say, it's time to move on. If you're in a prolonged state of weeping. Just say it to one more person, it's just time to move on. And when it comes to weeping, we have to be just like Paul. Let me show you what Paul said. Go with me to the book of Philippians chapter 3. Y'all stay with me. Philippians chapter 3. Verse 13, Philippians 3 and 13. Ready? Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Verse 14, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Basically, Paul was saying to the church, I had to let it go in order to move on. And some things you may not get the closure to the way you desire to get closure to it. That doesn't matter. When God tells you it's time to move on, move on. I said when God tells you to move on, it's time to move on. You have to just let it go and just start moving forward. I got to keep going. I can't let this continue to hold me back. They gave me a bad report, but I can't keep allowing what they said two months ago to control my life. They said this, that, and the other was going to happen, and, and, and i just been looking for it to happen, but that's the wrong thing. i got to put that behind me and start looking at what God has ordained for me to have in this season. You can't allow what you've been struggling with 
because you've been holding on to it, continue to dictate to you how you should live, how you should think, how you should talk, or how you should act. How many are understanding? And so, contextually, the psalmist decreed here in Psalm 35, the latter part, weeping may endure for a night. It may endure for a night. And notice again, he also signifies it has a limited time. Can't keep allowing that thing that hurt me to continue. Ooh, I'm talking to somebody. You've been holding on to it too long. Am I ready to let it go? You may not be, but you still need to let it go. Well, just give me a few moments. Now it's time to let it go now. Scripture is clear. The day you hear God's voice, hard not your heart. I got to go on, but I need you to tell somebody one more time. It's time to move forward. Let that thing go. Weeping may endure for a night. A night. You're going to hurt. And it may last for a night. And if you will notice that, that he talks about weeping in a night season. Night, in one sense, represents obscurity. Or you're not clear about certain things. And if you're not careful when, when you're weeping and in a night season, the night has the capacity to blind you has the capacity not, not to blind you, literally speaking, but to blind you theologically speaking. God be trying to tell you some things, be trying to show you some things, but you start allowing the night To hinder your perception, your discernment, you start allowing the night to cause you to get off the path that God has placed you on. And you enter into a state of confusion. And according to 1 Corinthians 14, God is not the author of confusion but of peace get this in his church in his church and, and, and so you're you're weeping and and the night has come and so now you're you're battling because the night is trying to blind you of what god has ordained for you to have 
in his season because you still want to stay in your weeping season. Say to your neighbor, God got something for you. But you can't allow the night to ruin it for you. You can't allow the night. You can't allow what is trying to confuse you to stop the clarity of God's wish. To stop the clarity of God's promises. God does not beat around the bush when he talks about what he's going to do. God not only tells you what he's going to do, but he will also go so far as to show you signs in your midst. You're still weeping even though God has told you that it's a time of battle. And so while you're weeping, God is trying to show you in your little night season brother and sister so and so he's letting you hear letting you see what he's doing but you still want to stay in your little corner of the world say to your neighbor you can't let your night ruin what God has ordained for you to have you cannot allow what the enemy is trying to blind you of to stop you from getting your better Oh, say to your neighbor, God got something for you. But you got to come out of that night season. You got you to gotta dry them eyes and you got to throw the towel away. Don't put it, don't put it in the wash being throw it away. Let it be gone. Let it be done. Let it be severed. Night also represents a time when, when, when demons are looking for somebody to devour. The scripture reveals that, that, that the enemy, he, he will just look, trying to see who he can devour. And if he sees that you, you have opened up that space, that gap, because you're weeping when God has told you to move on. The enemy going to come right in. That's the reason Paul warned the church. Don't give any place to the enemy. Why not? Because he comes kill and destroy. He comes to ruin your life. He comes to mess you up. He comes to snatch away everything that God has ordained for you to have. And if you're not careful, if you're not stepping where you need to step, if you're not thinking the way you need to think, the enemy will turn you every which way but loose. God has given you sign after sign, but you're still crying. You're still complaining. He's giving you miracle after miracle. Put them in your face. Let you hear Hear with your own ears how he is bringing folks from the bottom to the top. Letting you hear with your ears how he is causing folks that didn't have to have more than they have ever had in a season. When people are saying that it's not possible, God is still showing that with him all things are possible. But you're still being blind to what's going on. Why? You're in your weeping. You're in your night. Cease. 
Look at somebody and shout to them, come out, come out, come out. What you, what you went through was only supposed to last for a while. It wasn't supposed to last no two years. You've been, you've been, you've been weeping over something three years that was only supposed to last six months. You've been complaining about something for seven months that was only supposed to last for seven days. It's time for you to get out of the place that you're in and recognize that this is not the will of God for me to stay in this night season. This is not the will of God for me to keep on moaning, crying, complaining because I'm going through this, that, and the other. The best place to be and the safest place to be is in the will of God. Oh, I need somebody to help me preach it. Say to somebody, the best place to be and the safest place to be is in the will of God. As a pastor, I see it all the time. I said, man, don't he see that he just need to go ahead? Don't she see that God want to do more for her than what he's doing right now? But she is allowing her night, she is allowing her weeping to ruin, get this, her morning. Allowing weeping. Allowing a night season to ruin mess up your morning see 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 when you're in that night season the enemy will show up and he'll start telling you what to think and then he'll tell you what to say ain't nothing going right for you Come on, say that. Ain't nothing going right for me. <laughs> you might as well accept what the doctors say because your situation ain't, ain't, ain't getting no better. Go ahead and say that. I'm just going to accept what the doctor said because my situation ain't getting no You know, your pastor wasn't right when he said you don't need to say you don't know what you're going to do. It's all right for you to say you don't know what you're going to do. Look at what you're going through. You don't know what you're going to do. Go ahead and say, I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> the enemy will play with your mind in your night season. Play with it like he playing with Play-Doh. Because he knows you've been in your night season too long. You're not looking at what's coming in the morning. Say to your neighbor, something is coming in the morning. But you can't let your night ruin it. Oh, look at somebody else and say, something is coming for you in the morning. 
but you can't let this night or your present situation ruin it. The morning. Something is coming. Get this. At what is called the break of day. The morning is called the break of day. Figuratively speaking, your breakthrough is coming in the morning. But it's not going to come if you're still hanging in the night. You act like you don't want your breakthrough. Don't you know that faith walkers, they will step out even when things are not going the way they desire them to go. Don't you know a faith walker will step out even though the trial is fiery. Don't you know a faith walker will step out and get a little something, something just because God said get it despite them not having what it takes personally to possess it. Who are you? Are you a faith walker? Are you some wannabe walkabout that's allowing the night ruin or hinder your morning from coming. Woo! Nobody want to answer the question. Need a little help? Ask somebody who are you? Are you somebody's flunky? Are you somebody's pushover? Are you somebody that somebody can easily walk up behind you and thump your ear and you'll just laugh about it? Say to your neighbor, it's time for you to come out and recognize that God getting ready to do something for you. He's getting ready to give you a breakthrough. It doesn't matter what the report says. It doesn't matter what people are saying. It doesn't matter what you may or may not possess. God is getting ready to give you your breakthrough. Shouting somebody a breakthrough, get ready to happen. And it's only one requirement. You got to step out of that night and say, I'm done with you. It's over. Your past, your history. I'm going on to. Somebody in here can sense a breakthrough. You can sense that God getting ready to pull you out of your situation. The enemy is fighting your mind, fighting your body, fighting you on every side. That's the reason you ought to know firsthand the enemy is coming hard because he knows that you are about to get your breakthrough. If you'll notice, he came at Jesus' heart in Luke 4. But when Jesus dealt with that trial, biblically, breakthrough came. He came at Job. He had a last push to try to detour Job, but Job stayed in the wheel, and that's when Job got his breakthrough. He came at the woman with the issue of blood. 
She went to the doctor instead of her condition getting better. It got worse. But then when she stepped out, she got her breakthrough. She got her breakthrough. You're going to get your breakthrough. Well, maybe it's for somebody. No, this is for you. I don't, don't seem like I never. See, that's that night. That's that night season mentality. Talking about you don't never or this don't never. Look, it's your time. It's time for you to get a breakthrough. Time for you to come out of what you've been battling. Whether it's for years, even days. For hours. Now is your time to get your breakthrough. But wait a minute. Because mourning also represents a time of new beginnings. You sing the Thursday morning, you sing the Thursday night, and here come Friday. And though it's Friday, a new beginning, you still want to stay in Thursday. I'm just breaking it down for you. It's Friday, baby. You, you, you can't. You still thinking about how bad it was Thursday night say to your neighbor it's morning now a time of new beginnings you, you notice when Jesus saves us he defines it as us being new if anyone is in Christ he or she is a new creation, new creature. Oh, things have passed. When it talks about his mercies, he gives us new mercies. When? Daily. But if you're staying in that night, Season, you're not going to get your new beginning. If you still have that same old mentality, you're not going to get your new beginning. Paul had to tell one church, you got to put off the old man. And basically told him, because the old man is not created in righteousness. The old man ain't no faith walker. The old man think the wrong thing. The old man talk the wrong thing. You got to put on the new man. Which after Christ is created in righteousness. And then he says in, and in true holiness. Say to your neighbor, if you're going to get a new beginning. You can't bring your old baggage. 
I said, if you're going to get a new beginning, you can't bring your old baggage. But I like my oil. It's time to get rid of that old baggage so you can get your new beginning. Jesus said, no man puts new wine into old wine skins. Why, Lord? Because it'll burst it. The old can't handle what God has ordained for you to have. God got something for you. But as long as you walk it, it, like an old person, you can't handle what God got for you. Yeah, he, there are higher heights and deeper depths in the Lord. But the reason you still on the same level is because you ain't got rid of that old baggage. Shout at somebody, you got to get rid of that old stuff. So God can give you some new stuff. You ever seen folk who, who, who can't let go of, of an old pair of shoes? These been some good shoes. But God got something better. Yeah, I know, I know the heel wore out. I'm going to get that heel ripped. Why don't you just go get. The color won't even get it right. You polish it four, five times and it still won't get right. It's time to get something new. I had these old pair shoes that I just loved. I, 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 I loved even preaching those, those shoes. They were so old. This is when he was on Newton Road. And I just, I would wear them every other Sunday. I just loved them shoes. And, and then I, I, I messed around. I said, Lord, where are my shoes? <laughs> I'm asking folk in the house, have y'all seen my shoes? I ain't getting no answer back. I ain't got no answer back to this day about my shoes. Somebody in the house decided it's time for these old shoes to go. Couldn't find the old shoes, but get this, found a pair of new shoes. The new shoes were there, but I still kept looking for the old shoes. And it took weeks before I finally realized the old shoes are gone. Put on the new shoes. And they were much better than the old shoes. What are you saying preacher? When God is telling you he got a new beginning for you. You need to lay aside every weight. Every sin that's trying to hinder you from getting your new. From getting your better. And say Lord here I come. 
if you got new for me, God, so be it. Some folks will say about their old, say, you know, it's a classic. No, that ain't no classic, brother. There's too much wrong with that to be a classic. That's a mess. You, you, you may visualize it as a classic when you look at a magazine, but in order for that to be a classic, you're going to have to put three times in it to bring it back, and what you're going to put in it going to be new. God always has new. New beginning. But it's in the morning. I can't let the night ruin my my morning. I don't know that. I'm uncomfortable with, with that. I want them. I want that. These are all right. Because them. That's, that's $2,000 right there. I gave $150 for mine. I want them new. They look good, though. But <laughs> you can get so comfortable, and God will be showing you what he want to do for you. But you start looking at something God never told you to look at. You looking at the fact that it costs 2000 God didn't tell you to look at that. He told you to look at what he wants you to have. Don't you know whatever God tells you he wants you to have, even if it's out of your quote-unquote price range? If God is the one orchestrating it, guess what? He'll bring it to pass. God, you, I, I didn't understand because God used to lead me to certain, certain places. And, and I would go to certain places and I'd be like, man, them, them, some, nice, them, them some nice shoes right there. I said, good God. I said, Lord, yeah, Lord, them, them some nice shoes right there. But he wouldn't lead me there to say, them were some nice shoes. He would lead me there to let me know, this is your new beginning right here. This is my new beginning? Yeah, but you got to get that old mentality out of you before you can have what I want you to have. See, you're not going to be a millionaire until you decide to get rid of your old mentality. You can't be no millionaire and you still giving, giving like you... You want to continue to live from check to check? You ain't going to be no millionaire. You got you to get a new mentality and you got to see yourself. You got to see yourself in the future and you got to start 
using your faith in order to cause it to come to pass. But get this. The only way that's going to happen is if you make up in your mind that it's time for a new beginning. It's time for a morning to come in your life that you have never experienced before in God. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to talk to some folk because when, when, when you tell them what God is doing for you, they look at you like, really? He, he doing that? Because they are so amazed. But God himself is the one that said he will cause things to happen in your life that eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has entered into the heart of folk. But it happens in mornings. It happens when you as a faith walker make up in your mind that you're tired of living in the night and you're ready for the morning. It comes when you as a faith walker make up in your mind that I'm tired of where I am now running what God has showed me, has told me what he wants me to have and who he wants me to be. You got to step out. You got to step out. And you got to know when the Holy Spirit is telling you to do it. Because if you are depending on your flesh or yourself, you'll be talking about what you want to do for the next 20, 30 years. You'll be going and looking and saying, one day. One day. And guess what? That one day never Shout at somebody, don't let the night ruin your morning. God got a new beginning for you. He got something special for you. Yeah, it's got your name on it. But you're not going to possess it just because it has your name on it. Unless you decide I'm stepping out of this night and I'm stepping into a new beginning. Let me tell you something to happen. This is God's truth. Um, and, and this probably ain't going to mean much to, to, to a lot, but just keep in mind the example based upon the scripture. This, this means a lot to me, but not to you. But, but, but I'm using me. But keep in mind the scripture. I have been looking at these um, Tom Fords. Shoes, these Tom Fords. But anyway, I had been looking at these. This has been years ago. I've been looking at these Tom Fords, and um, the price on these particular shoes was originally about four thousand dollars. They had dropped these shoes down to about fifteen hundred dollars. Hold on, hold on. I told you it ain't going to mean much to you, but you, you got to know what you like like I know what I like. So just hold on. But anyway, I said, oh, Lord, have mercy. And so I said, and, and I looked, I said, last pair. Oh, Jesus, 1,500, my size, 1,500. 
And I said, now this, and I said, Lord, I said, I know, I know I need to. Who wonder if I should get them? And you know, my only thing in my mind, fifteen hundred dollars. Fifteen hundred dollars. You know. Because at the time I never had paid that much money for a pair of shoes. I said, Lord, these shoes that's way off. And he said, that's the reason that just last one. And uh, so I said, Lord, have mercy. I just, I, said, I'm gonna, I just need to just see. Let me just walk around and think about it and just, <laughs> let me just walk around. Then I'll come back. And I just, and, and the Lord just kept dealing with, y'all know how the Lord deal with you about stuff. And so I walked around thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And when I came back, they were gone. When I came back, they were gone. See, see, I was thinking about the money. But see, God guides you into how much truth? See, God is bigger than just the church. God will guide you in every aspect of your life. You notice what God was guiding Israel to when they came out of Egypt? Something material. Land. Land. God will guide you in how much truth? And so when I came back, they, they were gone. The Lord said, you got in you. And out of me. And you know what I told him? You're right. I said, You're right, Lord. I said, Because the only thing I was thinking about was $1,500. That's more than my house note. I ain't never paid that much for a pair of shoes. That was all in my mind. But see, God would let me know what I'm telling, what I'm telling you to do is bigger than you. See, if God ever tells you to do something and you know point blank that it's God, it's going to always be bigger than you. Slaves coming out of Egypt going to a land flowing with milk and honey. Was it bigger than them? Abraham was told to leave the place where he was born. Leave his leave his family and God was going to show him where to go when he left going he didn't have so what God told him to do was bigger than him but everywhere where he went when he ran out of food when he ran out of money guess who was right there telling him specifically what to do God but he never stepped into his Morning. Well, if he never would have stepped into his morning, his new beginning, it never would have happened. You got to step when God tells you to step. That's the reason the psalmist uh, said this right here. The steps of a righteous man, get this, are ordered by who? God. 
I'm just going to believe God and I'm just going to step and do this, that, and the other. But you can't do it because you feel good after a message like this. You got to do it when you know the Spirit of God is leading you to do it. And when you do it, you got to know God's timing. And you can't look at you. You got to look at him. How you going to look at you and, and experience what eyes have not seen, ears have not heard? Because you'll be talking about what you can afford. Or you'll be saying, well, you got to use common sense. Not when God in it. When God in it, God will tell you to do some things and folk will look at you like you're crazy. But guess what? When God does it, everything going to work out as planned. It's going to work out. It's going to be bump free. No, you may run into a whole lot of bumps. You're going to run because the enemy is going to try to challenge anything that God tells you to do. But if you know God's voice, you know the Holy Spirit, you're going to do it despite the enemy. But you can't allow the night to ruin your morning. Because guess what's coming in the morning? Joy. I'm closing it, but joy is coming in the morning. And when it comes to joy, you have to understand that, that joy represents a number of things, but two things I'm going to deal with, and then I'm going to be done with it. Joy, first of all, represents strength that God gives you. I, I need to show you this. I was just going to quote it, but let's go to Nehemiah 8 and 10. Lord have mercy. Y'all all right? This happened to somebody, I believe. If it's happened, you just look at somebody. It's helping me. No, you got to talk proper now when you do it. Let's try it one more time. It's helping me. That was not your proper talk, brother. Come on now. Be real now. Come on, just say it. It's helping me. All right, notice Nehemiah 8 and 10. This is the word that, that, that the man of God gave them. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the what? Sweet, and send portions to those for whom nothing else prepare. In other words, be a blessing to folk. You're getting blessed, so now you need to be a blessing to others. Do y'all see that in there? I'm not going into detail. I'm just showing you a little of it. For this day is holy to who? Do not sorrow. Which equates weeping. For the joy of the Lord is your what? Time to stop weeping. Don't sorrow. They had a choice, didn't they? Don't sorrow. The joy of who? Is your what? And see, joy is coming when? In the morning. You're going to get a strength. But it's going to be supernatural. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So what, what, what does that really mean? Before God gives you strength. You got to give him a praise. You got to magnify him. You, you got to praise him for the opposite 
of what the report says. Lord, the report says I can't be healed, but I'm going to praise you for my healing right now. Lord, the report says I don't have what, what it takes to get it, but I'm going to praise you right now for receiving Lord, the report says that I won't make it, but I want to praise you right now for making it. Lord, the report says that I'll never have anything like it, but I want to praise you right now for not only having it, but having more than I can handle. The joy, the praise of the Lord is your what? Whenever you get a negative report, praise God and watch God strengthen you. Look at your name and say, something about strength. You need to know. You want to know what it is? You can feel it. You can feel it. You can feel strength. And when you, and when you get something negative, you start confessing otherwise and give God the praise and watch God strengthen you second thing that joy represents prosperity 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 the joy of the Lord is your strength and notice what he told them in Nehemiah 8 and 10 before he revealed to them that the joy of the Lord was there strength he he revealed to them that they need to take what they had been blessed wealth the extra and start being a blessing to those that didn't have basically so what was happening prosperity prosperity god's Joy, figuratively speaking, represents prosperity. Not just prosperity in the sense of you having material things, but God causing you to be well in every aspect of your life. You hear me? Every aspect of your life. Life. Shout at somebody. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You got to praise him when you get a bad report. You got to praise him when you don't feel like praising him. And you're going to feel his strength. But then you got to praise him in order to experience his prosperity. I say you got to praise him in order to experience his prosperity. There were ten lepers. Ten lepers. And they said to Jesus, Lord, we want to be cleansed. We want to be well. And Jesus just simply said to them, go show yourself to the priest. Because that was according to the law. And so 
the word that Jesus spoke to them, all ten of them received it. All ten. All ten received the word that he spoke. Wouldn't it be nice if every member of the church received the word of God Sunday in and Sunday out? I got to move on with the story, but just ask, ask somebody for me, if you don't mind. Do you receive what pastor preaches week in and week out? And receive me, you start thinking, talking, and doing it. But get this. They started walking, and they were cleansed. And so the others... Well, so the ten recognized that, that, that they were cleansed, and, and no doubt they were happy. And so they, they started speeding up. We going to the priest. He told us to go to the priest. But then... There was one that recognized I'm, I'm cleansed. And he wasn't going to disobey Jesus. But he, he didn't see anything wrong with waiting before he go see the priest. And he wanted to wait before he go see the priest simply because he wanted to turn around and go back and give Jesus the praise. Keep in mind, I'm still talking about joy's prosperity. And so, he turned back and loudly shouted, giving God the praise. I mean, he shouted, giving him the praise. He probably threw some hallelujahs, some thank you, Jesus, and so forth. And he fell before the Lord and worshiped. And, and Jesus looked at him. And, and to his amazement, Jesus said, This is a foreigner. This is not an Israelite. <laughs> this is somebody. Who came from a country that don't acknowledge me. Sound like us when we were sinners. And so, so he said, I know that I know that were ten, but where are the nine? Is it only one that came back to give God the praise? And look at the prosperity of God. He turned around because he came back and gave him a praise. He told me, he said, hey, you go your way. You're healed. You're whole. He calls him to not only experience a cleansing. Because get this, the cleansing had already happened. The cleansing had already happened. But what Jesus did for him was extra. Say to your neighbor, Jesus did the extra for him. Help me say what Paul later revealed. Exceeding. Abundantly. Above. What you could what? Or what? He didn't come back asking for nothing else. 
He didn't come back asking for nothing else just because he gave God the praise. Because of what he saw he was doing, God turned around and caused him to prosper in a greater way. Already cleansed, but he told, you whole, you're whole. You don't even have to go to no priest. Go your way. You are whole. You understand what I'm saying? That's the reason you have to understand you can never allow your night to ruin your morning. And if where you are right now is a place of sorrow, a place of grief, and you know you have been in that place longer than God ordained for you to be there, you got to come out of it. You can't continue to allow the night to ruin your morning. Your strength is ready to consume you. Or God's strength is ready to consume you from your crown, sole of your feet. God's prosperity is ready to possess you. In every aspect of your life. Don't let the night ruin your morning. Let's give God the praise.